A foot foul? Are you kidding me? You gonna call that? A foot foul? All right, so it all comes down to this, folks. It is notched at 18. We got one bag left. He pulls back, fires, and it's gone! Four in the hole. I think that's a slam. <laughs> all right, it's March. That can only mean one thing. That means it springs here, right? That means that bago season is here, almost. Bago season is about to fire up next month in April. So are tournaments. Tournaments are going to be popping up all over your social media feeds. And you may think to yourself, I wonder how to run one of those tournaments. I want to do one of those. I wonder if I'm any good. I wonder if I can play in one of those tournaments. Well, unfortunately, I can't answer that second question for you. But what I can do is I can give you the tools and information on how to run your own tournament or league. Hi, my name is Todd Williams. I'm the Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Bago. What is Bago? Bago is the portable beanbag toss tailgate game. It's a lot like cornhole. Our boards are 2x3. They're portable, self-contained. Bags fit in the back pocket of the game boards. It packs up like a little suitcase. You can carry it with you wherever you want to go. It's essentially a portable version of cornhole. We have been in business since 1990. We're located in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Throughout this podcast, when I say bago, most of this stuff can apply to cornhole. So let's look at it. How do I run a tournament? Well, number one is you need to determine what's my tournament for. So you see all these tournaments going on. They may be fundraisers. They may just be for profit. It, there's all kinds of different tournaments out there. So you need to determine what's my tournament for. Is it for fun, fundraiser, or league? Number two, uh, what, when is my tournament going to be? What's the best time of year? Well, uh, the popular times of year are really starting in April, running through June before it gets too hot. Fall is a nice time as well. There's not as many in the fall. You're going to find where most of them are going to be in April. Uh, April and May are probably the two uh, biggest times for Bago. So you determined when you're going to have it. Let's say it's going to be in May. Um, you want to determine, let's say it's going to be on a Saturday. You need to prepare for a rainout date. Uh, if it's going to be outdoors, you need to think to yourself, okay, can I run this the next day? Am I available the next day? Is the venue available the next day? Because that is something that could happen. Or uh, let's say it rains out. Uh, is there an area you can move to indoors? So I always like to make sure everybody is aware of rainout dates. Um, obviously, depending on where you live in the country, um, you may not have to deal with this. Let's say you were in Arizona or something. You obviously wouldn't have to deal with it. Um, if you are... Um, in other states that get rain or possibly even snow, uh, you may want to keep that into consideration. Third thing, how much are you charging to play? Popular amounts range from $20 to $50. Uh, I like bundle options, so maybe it's paired up with an event. So let's say that let's say that the tournament is at a school and the school's having a fundraiser. Maybe it costs $10 to get into the school fundraiser but it costs $25 to play in the tournament. Maybe you could do a bundle option where they get into the event and they get into the tournament for 30. So it saves them $5 a ticket. Just something to consider. Just as an example, Bago has been having our Bago National Championship for the last five years at an event uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas called Riverfest. 
Riverfest is a three-day event that is hosted along the banks of the Arkansas River. A lot of big-name bands come in town for it, and we host our tournament. The tournament is comboed up with your tickets, so you don't you don't have to pay extra to get into Riverfest. Uh, we just do a, a flat bundle option of $100 that gets you your three-day pass to see a lot of big-name bands and play in the double elimination Bago National Championship at Riverfest. It's just an example. Um, these are things that a lot of times will make players feel like they're getting a little bit more for their buck. Number four, what are, what are people playing for? What are they winning? So even if it's a fundraiser, you still need a prize. Maybe it's a gift card to a local business or, or a store. Um, you know, a lot of people love cash. Uh, honestly, people are going to want to know at the end of the day what's in it for them. Uh, now, even if it is a fundraiser, and let's say that all the money goes to charity, you're still going to probably have people sign up for it. But even if there's a little little something at the end of the, the tournament for them, even if it's uh, their money back or whatever it may be, a lot of people just like to, you know, a lot of people like to just come out just to play. Um, others are going to want to say, well, what's in it for me, honestly? And that's just the, the honest truth about it. Um, a lot of fundraiser examples may be uh, for a church or a charity or a school. Uh, we've seen people do uh, tournaments for people with illness to raise money to help with hospital bills and things like that. So there's all kinds of different options that you could uh, use use tournaments for to raise money. Cash option examples, uh, $200 to first place, $100 to second place, $50 to third place. Uh, typical payouts are first, second, and third place. Some tournaments also like to incorporate uh, a first out type tournament. So let's say you're running a 32 team double elimination tournament. After your first 16 go out of the loser's bracket, and the first round of the loser's bracket is played, this would leave you with eight teams that just all went 0-2. Uh, then you would take these eight teams and put them in a single elimination bracket. This essentially guarantees that every team gets to play three games. Sometimes the winner of this may be get their money back or $20 or maybe a gift card, um, just you know whatever it is that uh, can work with your tournament. And that's just an option. Uh, I do it sometimes, sometimes I don't. It just kind of depends on the time frame and how many how many uh, teams we have sign up and things like that. Number five, where are you going to have your tournament? So let's uh, let's look at a five game board setup. Boards, our boards are three feet in length, twenty feet apart. So twenty six total feet is what you would need for bago. So let's call it thirty feet. So you can have a little bit of buffer behind you. Five feet in between each board is is a typically a good number. Uh, two feet wide boards. So you really need a 30 by 30 minimum space. For a 10 board setup, you would double this, so a 30 by 60 or a 30 by 70 space. Cornhole, you got the same two feet wide boards uh, with five feet in between, so 30 feet wide. However, the boards are four feet long and they're played at 27 feet apart. So that's 31 feet, so let's call it 35. So for cornhole, you're gonna need a 35 by 30 space for five boards or a 35 by 70 if you're playing with 10 boards. How much time do you have to run your tournament? That's another thing to look at. That's number six on my list here. So how much time depends on the number of teams you have and the number of boards you're playing with. Typical 32 team double elimination tournament will take about two hours. A double elimination 64 team tournament will take about four hours. This has been my experience using around 10 boards. Last year, our local state championship, we had 128 teams show up and uh, we had about 15 game boards in play. The tournament took us close to seven hours to complete. We were actually playing in the dark. Um, luckily, the 
venue that we were at had lights shining outside, so we were still able to see the boards. Speaking of night play, we do have a accessory for Bago. It's called the Bago Caddy. The Bago Caddy holds your drinks, bags, and keeps score for you. We have a lighted version that uh, has uh, 21 LED lights in it, and it takes three AAA batteries. So when the when the sun does go down, you can just flip these lights on. It'll illuminate the whole board for you. So again, this thing's going to hold your bags. It's going to hold your drinks. It's going to keep score for you, and it's going to have lights on it. What? What? Seriously, though, it is on Bago.com, and it's a great option. It can be added to any Bago board out there. So if you're running a league, you can configure this to what will work for you. So if you have two game boards, you're looking at 10 feet wide, but you still need the 30 feet of space. But maybe your venue can only hold two boards. That's okay. You'll just need to configure it to what will work for you. If you are playing indoors, we always suggest a ceiling height of minimum of 10 feet. So number seven is going to be your equipment needs. Um, these are things that we take to our tournaments. I'm just going to go over a list here. Pins, registration forms. Our registration form has team name, player names, things like that. We take a cooler for beverages, a pop-out tent if outside. Um, and I do suggest if a tent is being used, I always suggest to try to figure out how to block off as many sides as possible. Players will want to come in the tent, look over your shoulders, have a seat with you, whatever. Uh, tables are a great way to block those off. You're going to need multiple tables. So um, I like to have a table with a table skirt. Um, just dresses it up a little bit. A few chairs uh, and an extra table if you want to sell merchandise. That's another great way to block people off if you've got a merchandise table sitting out there. Make sure and have your rules printed out to, uh, if you're playing Bago, you want your Bago rules printed out to read before the tournament. Uh, always have a sound system with me with power cords, uh, long power cords so you don't ever know where your electricity might be. An iPod loaded with upbeat music is always great to have. Numbers for the game boards are really nice to have. And what you want to do is put these numbers on the back of the boards. That way, when you're at the scores table, you can look out and you can see boards one, two, three, and so on. The other way you use the numbers for the game boards is so you can call players to the game board. So you'll get on the microphone and say, we need team awesome to get to board number one. You're playing team bag tossers. And then you'll want to repeat it again. Again, that was team bag tossers versus team awesome on board number one. I always do it in reverse like that a second time, just so each team can hear their name called first. And sometimes that's kind of what grabs their attention. The numbers can be made from paper with a Sharpie or note cards. Just bring some tape to make sure you tape them to the back of the game boards. If you want to get fancy, you can get online, buy vinyl big decals to put on the back of the legs, which is actually what we use, which is really nice. Um, you can find those uh, on various places throughout the internet. So where are you getting your equipment from? So maybe you borrow it from a friend. Uh, the good news is that if you can't borrow it from a friend, we have you covered at bago.com. Not only do we make custom Bago games, we make full-size wood games as well. So the big 2x4 cornhole games, we got you covered on those too. You may say, well, we just don't really have the budget for those right now. We need 10 game boards, but we just don't have the money because this is a startup fundraiser and you know we just don't really have any budget right now. Well, the great news is that we can print anything you want on the game boards. So logos, photos, a combo of both, you name it. This is where the customization of Bago comes in, and this is where you can get sponsorships. So let's look at how that works. 
you can go to your local insurance agent, maybe a restaurant or whatever to see if they'd like to sponsor a game board. So what do they get for that sponsorship? Our suggestion is that they get their logo on the game board for use during the tournament. Once the tournament's over, they get to keep the game board. We also like to suggest to let that sponsor have a team in the tournament. So how much is that worth? Well, some tournaments charge $150 for a sponsorship. Others charge $250. I've seen them charge as much as $500 to $1,000. So really, it just depends on you. depends on your audience. It depends on your demographics and things like that. All right, so you got your sponsors. Maybe you're getting them lined up. Well, you think, how am I going to make money off that? Well, Bago has a tournament sponsorship program that we offer. Bago will produce custom games for you and your tournament at a discounted rate, featuring your sponsor's logo on the game board. Your tournament would make the difference of what the game boards are sold for. We have tons of tournaments doing this all over the U.S. and are doing very well with it. We do have requirements to get the sponsorship, and we'll be glad to share this information with you if you'd like. Please contact us at customerservice@bago.com for more information. Again, that's customerservice@bago.com, which is B-A-G-G-O. And we'll send you all the information regarding our sponsorship program that can help you raise money for your charity or organization or tournament. So now that you've got your tournament plan, how do you go about advertising it? First, go to the community section of bago.com and submit your tournament. It will automatically post to our website within about 24 to 48 hours. Second, go to Facebook and create an event page. If your tournament is tied to a bigger event like a music festival, go ahead and make an event page. Or if let's say that there's a music festival going on and they already have an event page, have them make a separate event on that Facebook page for your Bago tournament. That way, Everyone will see that there is this music event going on, but they're also having a Bago tournament or whatever other events are going on. That also allows Bago to find your event and share it. So the third thing that you're going to want to do is contact Bago and let us know so that we can add that specific event to our Facebook event page. We do have a lot of players that come to our website looking for tournaments, but they don't always go to our website. So they may be able to find it better through our Facebook event pages. If we don't know about your event, please make sure and contact us today. So you've planned and marketed your tournament, but for some reason you only have three teams signed up. Well, the good news is, depending on the weather, 60 to 70% of your teams are going to sign up the day of. Most teams will hold out to the bitter end to make sure the weather is good and that the weather's gonna hold out. So don't panic, continue to market. Now, where this could change is if you say, our tournament is limited to the first 32 teams. So anytime that there's a limit on the tournament, you want to make sure and put that out there and encourage players to sign up. That way you don't have 40 teams show up the day of and you say, I'm sorry, we only have room for eight more. And maybe occasionally if your tournament is starting to fill up, you may want to give an update on social media or something like that, just saying there's only eight spots left. Get them while you can. So it's tournament day and now you don't know what to expect. I will tell you, expect this, players will show up early. If the gates open at 11, someone's going to be there at 10.30 a.m. looking to get the upper hand on the competition. Every time. So you got players coming in the door. You want to get on your microphone and tell everyone to come up to the scorer's table first and check in. Uh, This is where a master registration form comes in handy. This form is your checklist to make sure you're keeping up with who is there. This information, for me, includes team name. And did they sign your waiver if you're going to have a waiver? And did they pay you? And most importantly, are are they on the bracket? So you can make this in Excel. 
uh, you'll want to have a column that says team name, column that says waiver, and a column that says pay, and then a column that says bracket. And so what I do is I go through and I put in the team name. Okay, team team name is aw team awesome. Did they sign the waiver? Check mark yes. Did they pay? Check mark yes. Are they on the bracket? Not yet. So what I do is I hold out that last piece right there. Are they on the bracket until I start plugging all the teams into the bracket? That's a good check and balance to make sure that you do have everything on the bracket. There's nothing worse than starting a tournament and in your second round only to have someone come up to, to you and tell you that they haven't been called yet. And that's when you realize, oh my gosh, they're not on the bracket. I always double and triple check that column before starting the tournament. Also, it's important to keep a close eye on team names so you don't have any duplicates. I personally try to make sure that there's nothing in there that's vulgar. We also have incorporated a waiver in some of our tournaments to protect ourselves, the players, and site locations and the sponsors. I also have a sheet made for keeping track of who's on what board, which I'll talk more about in a minute. It's nice to have another person there to help. One person can manage check-in while the other sets up the bracket and maintains the check sheet. So you've seen March Madness, but you don't know how to run a bracket, maybe? Luckily, you got options. So the first option I'm going to give you is at Bagel.com in the accessories section, we have laminated tournament brackets. These brackets can be fully customized to your likings. The brackets are dry erased so that you can reuse them. They do come in 32 and 6014 brackets. We also can make them in double elimination brackets if you like. These brackets also serve as a great trophy for the winners. Another option is a great website that we use called Challenge. Challenge is a free tournament hosting website. So it's kind of like Challenge, but it's Challenge. That's C-H-A-L-L-O-N-G-E. Challenge is a free tournament hosting site, and it takes all the guesswork out for you. You can have a small tournament, a large tournament, single, double elimination, Swiss, round robin, you name it. Challenge can even help you with your events, signups, processing payments, merchandise, and much more. We use Challenge at just about every event these days, even our small in-house tournaments. So we do a, cor a corporate Christmas tournament. We do a turkey toss challenge right around Thanksgiving. I use Challenge for all of that. It's just, it's so nice and so easy. I highly recommend it. It's challenge.com. One of the reasons we moved to Challenge was when you're hosting a large tournament, it can get pretty annoying. You get a lot of people in your face at the scorer's table. They're wanting to know when they're playing next, who are they playing, they beat that team who are they playing next so they're always wanting to look at your bracket that you're sitting there trying to write on once you tell that person hey you're playing team awesome you know you're playing team awesome next okay well then they want to know uh, who might they play after that so after you answer all that person's question and that person walks off here comes somebody else wanting to know the same thing but you got to find their 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 team on the bracket and we were getting drinks spilled on our brackets and things like that so we just moved to challenge uh, now we carry a laptop with us that plugs in directly to a flat screen TV. Tournament players can look on the TV for that information or even better, players can look on their phone. So all they got to do is plug in a custom URL, which I usually write out for them. So you can create your own URL for this and it's totally free. So let's say you're having Todd's Bago Tournament, which is me. You can make the URL www.challenge.com forward slash Todd 2019. So then you get on your microphone, you give everybody the link, and they just plug it into their phone. They can also take that link and pass it on to their friends or, or whatever. Maybe their uh, their wife is at home or just you know they want to post it on social media and say, hey, keep up with me today throughout the action. 
Um, that also helps keep them out of your face. One nice thing about that link is it's going to be there next year. So you can always go back and look at last year's results. Um, and it does show the full order of teams, how they placed. So if someone comes up to you and they say, hey, where did I place? Just go to Challenge and look. Challenge is going to say that they tied for 32nd place or they tied for fourth or whatever it is. Challenge, you can randomize your bracket if you want to, um, or you can randomize seedings. Uh, if you'd prefer, you can also designate the seeding for each team. Another useful thing, each match has a match number. So how I use this match number is with the sheet I mentioned earlier. So board one may have match one, board number two may have match two, and so on. But as the day goes on, board seven may have match 33. So as the score is reported, we plug it into challenge. I cross-reference the game that was just finalized with the match number next to it. So let's say uh, somebody comes up and they say, hey, Team Awesome won on board number seven. Okay, I go look at board number seven on my sheet. I see it's match 33. Go back to challenge, find match 33, plug it in. So I cross it off of my board. That way I know that board seven should now be open. Also, this helps if you look up and you notice that board seven's open, nobody's playing on it, but it still shows a match on your sheet. So you can look at the paper and see that that was match 33. Then you go back to challenge and you see who was on match 33. That way you can get on your PA system and you can say, hey, I need the score from board number seven, which was Team Awesome versus Team Bags or, or whoever it may be. There, uh, these are the, all the ways that I use Challenge, but it has many more functions that are really useful. Um, I use Challenge, again, at every tournament I run. I highly recommend it. That's challenge.com. Go check it out today. I highly recommend it. So your bracket is all set and you're ready to go. All your players are ready. So what do you do now? First thing I like to do is read the rules to the players that we're going to be playing by. So we're going to go over all of our rules and make sure they know that they're not playing by their homemade rules. I want to let them know that they're playing with our equipment and that they can't go to their car and pull out their own beanbags that they personally brought. We get a lot of people asking us that. We also make sure that they understand, again, that there's no homemade rules. There's no at the end of the game. Um, the team that loses gets the other team's bags to throw or anything weird like that. Those aren't, those aren't real rules. Always make sure to tell them that uh, if one of their teammates needs to go to maybe the restroom or concession stands, leave the other teammate behind. That way, in case that we call them, uh, if we call Team Awesome, you need to go to board number one. Well, if they're both gone, what am I to think? Maybe I think that they just left for the day. Maybe I thought they had an emergency or they had to left. That way, the other person can come up and say, hey, my partner is getting a Coke or whatever. Um, so we always make sure and tell them, leave one person here. Don't walk off together or else we're not going to know where you're at. Winners report the scores to the scores table. Um, I personally do plug in all the scores into Challenge. It will keep up with that so people can go back and look at their scores for the day and stuff, which is kind of cool. You don't have to do that. You can just say, hey, I just need to know who won on game number two or whatever. But I always tell the winners to make sure they come up and tell me the score. Um, that way, um, it kind of gives them a little uh, added bonus. They get to come up and brag about how they just beat somebody and things like that. Um, it's also very important to tell players that they may have a first-round buy. So let's say you only have 10 boards, but you got 50 teams. Um, there's going to be some teams with that are that won't get called in the first round because you don't have enough boards to support it. But also, some of those teams may have a buy. It's very important to keep your patience with your players. Uh, they got a lot going on. They're strategizing. They're talking to other players. There's probably music playing. They may be on their phone. They may be eating. So you may have to call them on the PA multiple times. 
Make sure and keep your tournament moving throughout the day as fast as possible. Uh, again, this is where extra help comes in play. Uh, and uh, our tournaments, I use what I call a spotter. So I run the bracket usually and the PA. And I have someone that's looking to let me know what boards are open or what's about to finish up or things like that. Um, that way I can run my check sheets and the brackets and I don't have to look up a lot. My spotter also helps organize players that are reporting their scores to me. So I may have someone right in front of me that's reporting that Team Awesome just won 21-7. to And I got someone behind them waiting to tell me their score and someone behind them waiting to tell me their score. My spotter can help keep that organized because what you'll have, you'll have someone that wants to do a flyby on you or they want to cut in line and they just want to come up and tell you, hey, Team Bag Tossers just won 21-10. to And you're in the middle of talking to Team Awesome. So a lot of times my spotter will say, sir, would you mind getting in line? And that way um, it, it helps keep everything organized. A lot of players are going to think that you remember them because they came up one time and they said, hey, team bag tossers won. And then the next time they want to come up and they just kind of give you that look and they'll say, yep, we won 21 to 10. And you're thinking, well, who are you? I got 80 teams out here. So I always look at them and I say, okay, can you tell me who won again? And what was the team name? And then I repeat it back to them. So let's say that uh, they told me that bag tossers won 21 to 8. I'll start plugging in the challenge and I'll, and I'll look at them in the face and go, okay, so team bag tossers won 21 to 8, correct? And they say yes. I say thank you. We'll call you shortly. Third person is also great when the tournament's going on to help you take pictures. Um, you certainly want to get pictures from the event so you can use them for future events and promotions. Video is great to have if you can. This could be with a cell phone or something like a GoPro. Uh, currently, we're using a GoPro on a stick uh, that we can get pretty high in the air and things like that. Um, gives you all kinds of new angles that you know you couldn't normally get to. So players love to see that kind of media reposted on social media after the tournament. So make sure and follow up and post on social media, and you're going to build towards future tournaments that you may have. Okay. I know this may have sounded like a lot, but tournaments are what you make of it. If you're worried about the size, just put a cap on it. So maybe it's the first 16 teams or whatever you like, whatever you feel comfortable with. Biggest thing that I always tell people to think about is people want to have a 64-team tournament. Everybody wants a 64-team tournament. Well, I'll tell you, that is a lot of teams. That just does not always happen. So if you only get 25 to 30 teams show up, which is probably about the average, don't get upset about it. So, you know, or maybe you only have 15 teams show up. There's just a lot going on. People have kids playing sports and things like that, especially in the spring. So just keep it in mind, 64-team tournaments, 100-team tournaments, those are rare and those are hard to find and those are hard to pull off. So just wanted to keep you aware of that. Bagel tournaments are great for various functions. We've hosted tournaments all over the world. Um, sometimes it may be a social hour for a tournament for a corporate gathering. It's a great way to break the ice and get interaction going at corporate events. Tournaments can be used for parties of all kinds of sorts, uh, including safe, fun events for like prom for teens or family reunions, weekend retreats, church functions, you name it. Now, while we won't come run your tournament for you, due to the volume of requests we get, we would love to help guide you in the right direction to run your tournament. So please feel free to contact us with any questions or comments you may have at customer service at bago.com. Please make sure and post your tournament to our website, bago.com. Also reach out to us on social media and make sure that we're helping you promote your page, adding it to our events as we talked about earlier. We hope that this podcast helped gave you some insights on how to run your tournament and feel confident that you can do it. I've enjoyed working on our first podcast and look forward to bringing you many more. We've got a lot of exciting episodes planned. Thanks again for playing Bago, the best backyard game ever.